1: This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link LinkSoul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com. And by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com.
0: This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
1: And the pitch is swung
2: on. Hit the right field. Hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track. Over his head. And over the wall
3: you believe that?
4: And 29 other MLB
0: clubs.
3: Ramirez with a drive to deep right away, back, gone. Go oh, hey, Gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a Judging in blast. All rise,
2: here comes the Judge.
0: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors, to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town,
1: only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. Isn't it hard to believe? It's June 5th. Unbelievable. I mean, it's summertime. My wife is out of school. My kids are getting out of school this week. I mean, this thing, for as tough as this season has been at 12 and 49, this season has gone actually pretty fast. we got a great show for you today. Bill Moriarty, our buddy, is going to be by to talk a little bit about the A's minor league system. Who's coming? Who can help? When can they do it? answers we need to find out uh derek shelton manager of the bucks friend of the program derek shelton is going to be here at 230 and then vince petronia well i guess commander since he's doing uh since he's doing tv he's got time to stop by he doesn't have his radio duties to do so we'll have vinny on the program uh the commander is back home he is in Pittsburgh as the A's continue this long road trip, a three game set from PNC Park. Can you show?
2: Yes, I can. Let me. Uh, so here is, I created the whole new camera style for it too. Uh, hold on, let me. Uh, here we go. So that's what, uh, here's what we were looking out at. You're looking live at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: As my old broadcast partner Brent Musburger would say, you are looking live.
2: Yeah, that's downtown Pittsburgh. That's the Roberto Clemente Bridge, which we couldn't go across today because they're doing be construction on it. But if you look at the bridge behind it is the Andy Warhol Bridge, which we were able to go across. There's the convention center, the hotel we're staying at. You, won't be able, you can't really see in the shop, but it's the Fairmont. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great trip. I got here. I got to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Uh, but I've been in the area since. Uh, let's see, I've been here since Thursday night, so it's been a, it's been a good time seeing family and friends, and can't really complain. Well,
1: put the shot back up. No one else wants to see you. We want to see the shot. I want to see it. Uh, and okay, here you go. Wait, sorry. There we go. That by far is the best view in baseball. I, I don't know how. I mean. I know people in San Francisco are very arrogant and people in the Bay Area are very arrogant about how great the Bay Area is. That's why we live here. But we are pretty arrogant. That blows San Francisco away. 100. That blows anything away.
2: I completely agree. I mean, I
1: I love I love I love Seattle's ballpark. I've been to basically every ballpark. Um no nobody's view. Now obviously, you're really high up. It's one of the higher press boxes. Yeah in baseball and in sports. So you don't you don't see all of this when you're down like behind home plate, but if you're up in the you're up in the cheap seats, this view is truly truly Detroit has a great view. There's certain cities that have great views. This is unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a great and the weather here's been great except for Saturday when I actually came to the game to see the Pirates play the Cardinals. The weather's been great because it rained that day, so the humidity rose, and it was, like, muggy and just unbearable. Um, but, yeah, right now so, it's summertime's it's getting right, right around the corner in Pittsburgh, and it's when it starts getting hot because of the humidity. But today it's, like, 80 degrees, but, you know, it's already uh, 4 almost 415 on the East Coast. So been lucky, and this view has been great. This is the first time I actually got to be in this press box in about mm, 11 years. I came here as a college senior. We did a tour of it, and I haven't been back since, so it's been great getting to be here and I hope everyone enjoys this view. Cause it's awesome. I mean, I'm not saying cause I'm biased cause I'm from here. I just think this view is awesome.
1: Well, there's only one problem. You know what the one problem is? What's that? It's in Pittsburgh. Oh wow. Shots fired. I mean, no offense. I'm just <laughs> saying, if you could like move this ballpark to a city outside of, you want to call it the East coast, East coast, people like to call you the Midwest. You're like a tweener between the Midwest and the East coast, Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, if you put this view somewhere else and it wasn't in Pittsburgh, where half the year it's freezing, the other half you're in sweaty humidity, it'd be it'd be inc- it'd be the best.
2: Yeah, and I I, I be uh, I should mention behind PNC is where uh, I I can never say the new name of the the where I know it is Heinz Field, but where the Steelers play, they changed the name to some like Michigan-based insurance company. That's who owns the stadium now, the naming rights, and then so you got that, you got the casino, the Rivers Casino, if you're into gambling. And Wait, you
1: can see Heinz Field from there?
2: Uh, no, it's on in this view. It's behind the ballpark and the oh, North Shore okay. here. Yeah, but they're all, all right of the there. Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah,
1: Steel Town. So
2: there you go. There's the uh, that's the view that we have of Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, that's pretty incredible. Gotta admit that is uh, that is incredible. By the way, I went out to the car today to get the uh, A's coffee Yeti out. Can you see that? I can. Yes. Or do the lights you can't tell
2: uh I can see it I mean I can see it i don't know if our i 'll see what people on YouTube i'm desperate'm
1: de- i need I need some wins so I went out and got my golf yeti yeah, I went out the lucky golf yeti put coffee in it today, usually in the car and on the golf course uh, busted it out today because man things are rough things are rough, and I wanted to um, I wanted to start today because we, we you, did you get to see MLB now or did you just get to see clips?
2: I just saw clips and I saw that the, the thing I saw was a Strasburg Rendon thing.
1: OK, there's something in. So MLB now, my favorite TV show. It's sad, but yes, it is my favorite TV show. Did a whole thing on Strasburg and Rendon and talking about if you I, I reported it. God, what was that day? I had it on the broadcast for uh, Vince and Alex or Vince and Johnny. One of the days on the road trip, the Washington post came out and it's very sad. It really like, I don't view the Rendon deal as sad. I, 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 I think Strasburg's is seven years, 245 million. You just were the world series hero. You're staying with a team that everybody has wanted to bolt. I mean, has anybody really wanted to – Zimmerman stayed. I mean, Harper wanted out. Soda wanted out. Strasburg. I mean, um, what's his name in New York? Pitcher. Oh, Scherzer. Complains. Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer wanted out. <laughs> everybody who's played there other than Ryan Zimmerman has wanted out. I don't know. I love D.C., Our nation's capital. I think it's an incredible city, but I've always been there as a tourist or I've been working some type of sports game. Uh, DC's great. I don't know what it'd be like to live there. Clearly, none of it. The top players don't want to be there. So Strasburg says, I'm all in. I'm staying. Seven years, 245 million. He has the thoracic syndrome thoracic outlet syndrome deal and it's nerve damage. It's weird to start Dalton Jeffries. I mean we haven't seen him in a while, but Dalton Jeffries, I remember Dalton Jeffries was down the left field line and he was just coming down and I walked over to talk to him and I mean it's scary. When there when when you can't feel let's face it, there's certain things you want your entire body to work. But can you imagine if your hands like you can't feel your hands, you're numb? How scary that is? I mean, nerve damage is a really, really scary thing. And Steven Strasberg has been shut down now and probably career over. And the big news is they did they didn't they didn't pay for insurance against the contract because they thought the premiums would be too high. That's called being cheap. So now they're paying all seven years two hundred and forty five million. And they're just going to have to wear it, the Nationals. And then talk about Rendon signing. His was seven years, two forty-five. Also, right?
2: Yeah, same deal. Just different teams, obviously.
1: And he's been—he's just been—he's been either hurt or terrible. He's hit for no power. The only guy—the only thing he's hit or tried to hit was the fan at the A's game. I mean, that's that—that's that's the only good contact basically he's made. Uh, if he made contact, just joking. But. That I mean, he's he's literally done nothing. And there was something in this that just really shocked me. And it was a great, amazing point. The young lady who does she's on the show that's in the midday, but she was on this Hannah Kaiser.
2: Yeah, correct. From Yahoo Yeah, from Yahoo Sports.
1: So she's telling a story, and this was the most telling story, and it really takes you got to bring it back to us, right? How do we bring this back to us? How do I bring this back to the A's? Well, looking at 14 straight road losses, 1-25 in 25 in day games, just 4-14 in, in interleague play, how do I bring it back to us? By the way, I have a new thing called the compete meter. I don't know if you know, but you know that yet, Cody. I don't.
2: This is news to me.
1: So I I, I got to see the team compete. This is what I want to see in June. I got to see competitive baseball. That's what I got to see. And a big key is you've got to be able to get certain guys going and playing so you can flip them because there's, there, there's no way – you're sticking around with some of these veterans through August and September. It just can't happen. Can't happen. So I got a compete meter. It's not going to be based on numbers. It's going to be based on the old eye test. Did they compete? Did they give me an effort? Because the first two games of this month was no effort. It was awful. It was embarrassing. Yesterday, the loss, they competed. So in my townie compete meter, the A's are one and two. But how do I bring Hannah Kaiser's comments on MLB Now that floored me? It floored me what she said. And I don't get floored easy. How do I bring it back to us? Because recently we're talking about some of the veteran guys. Recently we were talking about Chad Pender and Chad Pender, wonderful guy. Got a lot of got a lot of love for 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 retiring. And a lot of people saying a lot of nice things and got a lot of ink as they like to say. Hannah Kaiser said the Astros win the World Series. By the way, this is the team everybody's chasing. They've been to the ALCS 6 straight years. During that time, four World Series, they've won, two. Everybody's chasing them. Call them cheaters, call them whatever you want. They're the ones winning. And she talked about Jim Crane, the owner. Ruthless. The man is ruthless. Absolutely ruthless. He's against everything that... Let's just say this. There's been a lot of um, talk about the Haas family lately and how they ran the ball club. Yeah, Jim Crane is not that. He's at 180 degrees from that. It's his business. He runs it the way he wants it, and that's the bottom line. And does he care how people feel, the outside perception? Maybe, but he doesn't run his business like that. he runs it to win, and everything else will fall in line so bringing in Haas family, bringing in Chad Pender, this is how I put it all for you this is how i i I, I need to I need to connect the dots would would you say, Cody, where am I going with all this? Yeah uh, as they say to out land the plane, land the plane. <laughs> She, Hannah Kaiser, is on the field. Astros are celebrating. Champagne, interviews, hugs. We're putting on the shirts. We're putting on the hats. This is the greatest moment of our lives. Verlander's out there with with uh, Kate, Kate Upton, Kate Upton. God, Kate Upton. I mean, it's it's a celebration. She claims. And I'm not doubting her. I'm just saying she claims. I've never read the article. I believe there's an article out there. That she goes up to Jim Crane to talk about the Astros as a dynasty. Now, this is a man who's just won the World Series for a second time. This is the second World Series to... to, This is vindication. Because everybody was saying the 2017, oh, there was cameras. We all did. They're cheaters. It is what it is. But... They've had to fight the baseball world and be called cheaters and act like they were the only ones cheating when they weren't. I've told the story about Jim Crane down at the AT&T. He plays in the AT&T down at Pebble Beach. For some of you who have no idea what that is or what that is, that shocks me, but it's a golf tournament. The PGA Tour comes to Pebble Beach, and they play with celebrities and business people. It's a big event. It's been going on for a long, long time. Cody, where'd you go?
2: Oh, I was moving cables behind me because there was a cable that just looked like an eyesore. That's what I was doing. Yeah,
1: you do that, it scares me. It thinks we're <laughs> we're, we're on the air, right? Yeah, well, you're good. Okay. So, Jim Crane goes on the morning show on KMBR. And then when they're done, he basically tells Murph and Mac, and the person who ends up telling me this, off the air, oh, we weren't the only ones, Cheat. But they had to wear it. Baseball made him wear So here this guy is, taking you back to the mindset of Jim Crane, who's won a second World Series. He's on the field. He's with his team. Vindication for everything that he has done, probably in his mind. He's a billionaire, so they think differently. And he's a ruthless billionaire. Hannah Kaiser asks him about a dynasty. And part of his response is this that they've got a five-year plan to be able to replace anybody here because they were getting it. what are you going to do with Verlander? What are you going to do with Dusty Baker? If you guys remember what all the questions were at, at as soon as that World Series ended, Jim Crane on the field, champagne, hats, shirts, celebration, cold-blooded, said we've got a five-year plan where we can replace every single guy. I mean, that makes me want Hannah Kaiser on the program immediately. I want to delve into this, Cody. You're telling me that in in the midst of this super celebration, of this long journey, six months, well, seven months, spring training, everything that they've gone through, you win the World Series, the ultimate prize. Someone comes up, Cody, and asks you about your team, Six years in the ALCS, four World Series trips, two World Series titles. Is this a dynasty? And your response is?
2: I would say yes, it is.
1: But not, not Jim Crane. I don't know what the total response was. She didn't say everything they talked about. He just meant his mindset is was to let you know I can replace any one of these people in five years, and I've got a plan to do it. Um, already did and you it. might say. That's awful. That's re- that's business, and you know what? That's what the NFL does. He runs the team like the NFL. They don't give it. Astros aren't giving out ten-year commitments. Astros aren't giving anybody three hundred million. Yordan just got what? Five years? Six years? What did he get? I think it was was it five? It was, but it wasn't for yeah. very much. Bregman, Bregman Bregman's deal was five
2: years. They don't sign big free agents. Uh, nope. I'm looking up his contract. Six-year, $115 million.
1: Let me ask you a question. If Chi played for the Houston Astros, now obviously I guess we want to think we're different, but once again, they're going to the World Series every year. Do you think they're doing a whole thing about Chi, that he retires from a A team? Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, not probably not. No, no. You think the Rays are? You, no. no. You think, uh, you think the Astros would be saying, Hey, Tony Kemp's sitting a buck 49, but he's such a great guy.
2: He would already probably, you know, realistically the Astros would have already moved on.
1: <laughs> so we can play the, you know, a, does Jim Crane ever say he cares about the fans?
2: Not that I've ever seen.
1: Jim Crane is going to win games and everything falls in line. And it's it's harsh to say, but I mean that's business. That's business, and that's the team that's winning. And I, she said it. I was sitting on my couch, literally. What time is it? Uh, like forty minutes ago, forty five minutes ago, trying to get trying to trying to watch this. And she said that, and I, my jaw dropped like. So, take it back to the A's. 14 straight losses, one and two. You know what? The Astros did that. The Astros went this route, but they didn't, they didn't go the route of, let's still try and act like we're winning or we're trying to win. That's the only difference. They went dumpster fire. The Astros went full-on dumpster fire and turned it around. You want to turn this thing around, you got to be ruthless. It's got to be ruthless business, and the Astros are literally—they got rid of their GM. They got rid of Verlander, won the Nat a World Series team. Said bye bye to the GM, bye bye to the Cy Young award winner. They let Garrett Cole walk. They let Carlos Correa walk. I mean, we always this forget, is,
2: they left Springer go too. I always forget they about let Springer
1: walk. I mean, this is some ruthless, you know what stuff. It's ruthless, and I, 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 didn't plan on starting the show like this today. But I mean, I just think about think about where Cody is in Pittsburgh, where they went twenty years of under five hundred baseball. Twenty years, they weren't ruthless. They were always we're going to draft and we're gonna we're gonna we're 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 gonna bring guys up and okay. You gotta be ruthless. You know who's kind of ruthless right now, too? It's the Dodgers. The Dodgers moved on from guys that won World Series the fans liked. I mean, we're a fan-driven show, so it's tough for me to say this. But they don't. But that's how you gotta win. The Astros run their team like a uh like an NFL team. NFL teams don't have guys. NFL, you know, when you have a star player in the NFL, unless it's a quarterback, what are you thinking, Cody? Three, five years?
2: Yeah, that's being kind. I think with a lot of them. I mean, the Ra- look perfect example. How many years till the Raiders moved off Khalil Mack? He's not a quarterback. He He's a generational talent. They moved out. How many years was it? How many years was Khalil Raider? Four, if that. Three.
1: It was the. It was a. It was the first part. He, he lived out the first. God it would have been four. Four years of his rookie deal.
2: Yeah, and then he was gone, and then he got the big deal at the Bears. So yeah, you're right. There's these good. A lot of teams just move on unless you're a you know generational quarterback like a Mahomes and Allen Burrow. You know guys like that. Astros have moved on from a lot of guys. The Dodgers have. I mean, the Dodgers have been drafted. Well, same with the Astros. They both have been drafting, developing so well, and that's why yeah. they're so far up here, and everyone else is you know trying to catch up to them.
1: Do you think the Rays are ever talking about a statue for a new ballpark?
2: Uh probably not. Well who well, hold on. Who would be their statue?
1: I'm just saying, they're never they're never worried about that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, if they if they I, I would say if they had to put a statue out of someone Longoria
1: They're not putting a statue out of nobody. They don't do that. It's ruthless. They're ruthless. They're burning through guys' arms like it's nobody's business because they're ruthless. I I just it's just If you want to be on top of this game, you better have an endless pile of cash and right decisions because obviously I can go to the standings today and you want to go to all the teams that spent all the money because the Astros weren't, the Rays weren't. Let's look at all the teams that spent all the money. The New York Mets are 500. The San Diego Padres are 27 and 32. Remember when the Giants, I mean, Farhan Zaidi yesterday, the GM of the Giants. Wait, is Bill here?
2: Yeah, he's here. I was just going to tell you that.
1: Oh, okay. Then I'll get to that in a moment. Let's, let's, let's bring Bill on. We're talking A's Farm. Bill, how are you? Uh, can Bill hear me?
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, he's there, but I don't know if he can hear you.
3: Hi, Bill. Hi, uh, Bill. Um,
2: hold on. Let me work on something here.
3: All right. Re-
1: Seems ridiculous. But I watch it so you don't have to. Or I listen to it. I get up on Sunday morning and I listen to the front office. So you don't have to. Farhan was on there. Here, l-
2: let me uh, let me try Bill again. Uh, it's just. I'm adding him, but he's not. his video's
1: not coming up either. All right, I see his video. We're having internet problems because of PNC Park. I told you, it's a great park. We just got to move it out of Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, Bill's there, but I don't think he can hear us. or.
1: I don't think he can hear See, I'm waving at him, and he can't.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. That's weird. I mean, we're good. No one's complaining about us on, on the internet or YouTube or anything, so. Uh, let me text Bill, but you can continue your, your um, Farhan rant.
1: Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we? When, when we come back, all right, or, are we, or would you just want to stay here? Oh,
2: we can go to break. That's fine. I'll text Bill and see if we can figure it out.
1: All right, coming up next, Farhan Zaidi did an interview yesterday on Sirius XM and I was shocked. I was shocked they didn't ask him this question because it really is a telling question. They didn't. They didn't. And you look at the teams that spent money. Where are they? We'll talk about it next, right? Hopefully, have Bill next, right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We're streaming live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania today, PNC Park. Obviously, the most gorgeous view in all of our game, probably in all of sports. Haven't been to most uh, football stadiums, baseball stadiums, arenas don't count. I gotta say that's probably the best in all sports. Yeah, I
2: don't disagree. I don't know who really compete. Maybe San Francisco. Yeah, that's the one that commonly gets referred to. I know a lot of the ballparks that they uh, they mention too is uh, people really like um, American Family Field in Milwaukee. Although apparently that's a dump now, according to that but stuff. But there's no heard. view. I know, but people like that ballpark though.
1: I've never heard that.
2: I don't know, every time they put pull, like polls out, I'm like. MLB Twitter I've never or
1: ever, like if I, you talk ballparks I've heard Minnesota some people think Minnesota which Target Field is absolutely gorgeous I've been there um, I've never heard Milwaukee I've heard I've heard Safeco you call it T Mobile now that's a great ballpark uh, too Seattle San Francisco uh, Minnesota I've never heard Milwaukee
2: yeah it's, every time they, they like do polls and stuff that they're like they ask fans that question you've
1: got to find me one poll that has Milwaukee number one I've never seen that. Uh, let me see By the way, I mean. get Bill on before you go searching.
2: All right, hold on. Let's see if it works this time. Uh, Bill, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm Bill, not... can you hear us? It doesn't. So here's what we'll do. It... I don't know if it's on his internet or if it's our, but we're working. We're coming across fine, so it can't be us. I'm... I mean, I don't know for uh, sure. It can't be you. Well, Can't be you. Well, if we're still on the air and going over. Um, people who can see us. Um, you think it's him? I don't know. We can try calling him though. Let me. get It's gonna. You're gonna hear the. I'll text and him, tell him. We'll call him on the phone. Little just,
1: side just, note, folks. Cody never thinks it's him on his end. It's always my fault. Now it's Bill's fault. It's never on his end. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna. Um,
2: I'm gonna text Bill and tell him we'll call his cell phone.
1: All right. So, Farhan was on SiriusXM yesterday, our old buddy Farhan Zaidi runs the Giants, and they didn't really ask him about, hey, do you feel thankful that you didn't sign Carlos Correa for 13 years? Do you realize how dumb your contract was? He's out right now with plantar fasciitis. Can you just imagine if you just signed a guy for 13 years and in year one he's already damaged? Year one, and then he's made the comments about, well, I don't even know if I want to play after six years. I got the opt out. I I might want to raise my kids. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Hello. Hello, and so Bill, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, now, yeah, unfortunately, we could see you, but you couldn't see us. Uh well
0: I, I could see you but everything seems to be a little glitchy today. Is a little uh I think a little little behind. So uh, but anyway, we're we seem to be all good now.
1: Well, you know, I, I I was just talking about Farhan Zaidi yesterday on SiriusXM and uh uh one of the questions, actually one of the legit questions that they asked him was about the trading deadline and I've been thinking about this. When I look at the standings and we have the expanded playoffs, I literally can make a case that there's at least at least twenty, maybe, maybe even more teams who can honestly say, June fifth, we're still in this thing. Now, in the next month, because you got to start preparing for trades now. you got to start, we've talked to different executives before. You just I mean, this isn't money ball where all of a sudden Billy Bean, Brad Pitt calls up whoever's playing. Uh, Brian Sabian, hey, Sabie Saves, let's get a deal done. Oh, okay, Billy, let's do it. That's not how it works. You've got to plant seeds well in advance, and you've they've got to know what you want, they got to look at your system. I'm looking at you know, we're all looking at everybody's systems and everything. It takes time. Most trades, I'd say, I didn't want to put a percentage on it. Next time we have David Force, I'll have him on it. I, it's well over 95% of all trades. There, there's there's background that's got to be done. So thinking of that, Bill, I, I, with so many teams that are in this thing that don't want to wave the white flag, so all of a sudden their fan base goes, you're not trying, I'm not buying tickets for the rest of the year. I can't imagine that many explosions at the trading deadline. What do you think?
0: Well, actually, I mean, it does put the teams that, uh, you know, are in a position to sell in in a great position because there's a lot of guys who do want to buy. I mean, now that we've got basically half of of the teams making it to the postseason, that means probably about two-thirds of the teams think they got a shot at the postseason. They want to buy. If you're one of the teams that got to sell, you got a lot of people coming to your doorstep. Normally, that would put the A's in a great position, but then you have to look at the A's and say, hey, how many of these guys on the current major league roster are, are contending teams actually going to going to try and buy at this point? I mean, yeah, I think they were hoping that would be the case. But really, realistically, how many of these guys are going to be in demand by other teams at this point?
1: No, that's a great point. And there's just been – I just saw an article recently about uh, – Guys that could be traded, bigger names. Of course, they're bringing up, you know, they're, they're they're spitballing here with Otani and Soto and everything. One of them was Seth Brown. And I'm like, yeah, in an ideal world, but right now, Seth Brown, what's he hitting? A buck sixty two? Excuse me, he's hitting one fifty nine. He's had an oblique problem. I is there anybody, like if you were a GM, is there anybody, honestly, that you could say looking at what we got right now on June 5th, you would say. Yeah, I would take that guy. I I could maybe say one guy would be, I could say Ramon Laureano if I needed an outfielder. But yeah, I, I don't know what you would buy if you were a GM.
0: Well, exactly, and and also the question is, you know, how much return are, are any of these guys really going to bring the A's? I mean, how much return is Ramon Laureano going to bring you? You know, maybe a, a low-level uh, minor league prospect, you know, uh, but he's certainly not going to bring somebody's, you know, uh, high-level prospect back in return. So I think that's the problem. I mean, they were hoping to be able to, I think, probably consider dealing guys like Jace Peterson, Oledna Diaz, Jesus Aguilar, all these guys they signed in the offseason. They figured, well, we can flip them at the trade deadline if we yeah. want to as well you know but at that po- but at this point you know that's not really going to bring you anything of substance either so i mean i think they're kind of stuck i mean there's they're, they're just not going to get much for any of these guys i think if there's anything they can get for any of these guys they'll probably take it and like i said if Seth Brown was hitting over 160 i mean he might be valuable to somebody but how many people are going to you know uh, give you much for a guy that's hitting 160 and has a lingering uh, nagging uh, injury issue um, you know i mean Something to consider, you know, what if the as wanted to consider flipping someone say like Brent Rooker, who got off to a great start, but now is oh. struggling a bit, maybe he still holds some value in a trade, maybe oh. that's something they might consider doing, um but you know nobody else is going to bring them anything, so um so you know i I don't know what much they can do except start to bring up some more kids in the second half and give them a shot, and there are plenty of guys at uh, at uh, AAA as well as even AA at this point. I think that's where the future lies. I don't think they're going to be getting any key pieces for their future back in trade deadline deals this year, probably.
1: You're not going to like this slash line for Brent Rooker. Last 12 games. Here, let me do this. I just want to do this real quick. Last 12 games, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Last 12 games, he's hitting 128. He's got a slash line 191.75. That's for an OPS of 363, 17 strikeouts, and one RBI. So a 363 OPS, a 128 average, 17 strikeouts in the last 12 games. That's yeah, you know, and
0: and And, you know, the A's, you know, have in the past, treated guys when they feel like, okay, you know, we've kind of got something out of them. And now we suspect uh, maybe we've seen the best and maybe they still have some value. So that's why I say a guy like Brett Rooker, I mean, I don't know what the A's internal assessments are. If they think he can turn it around and get back to the player he was at the start of the year, or if they think, Oh, well, maybe that was a little fluky and this is really more likely the player he's going to be, he's going to revert back to the mean, you know, but maybe he's still holding some value based on that hot start. And maybe we could get something for him. Just knowing the way the A's think I could see them potentially making that assessment if, indeed, they think they can get something for a guy like Brett Rooker. Um, you know, but we'll see. Again, I just don't think they're going to be getting many top-level, uh, high, really high-level prospects back at the deadline based on what they've got on the major league roster at this stage of the game anyway. All
1: right, in my scorebook, we call it the Bible here because it's got all the information you need. I've written down four names, Jordan Diaz, Cody Thomas, Tyler Soderstrom, Zach Geloff. I think those are pretty obvious. Give me some other names at AAA you'd want to see at the big league level. Well,
0: I'll tell you, let me just mention one thing very briefly about those, those guys. In terms of Soderstrom, Diaz, and Geloff, the good news is those are the three youngest position players on the Vegas roster. You know, so it is good to know that these guys, Soderstrom, Diaz, and Geloff. Whatever they're doing, they're still very young. They still have time to get even better than they are. Soderstrom's 21, Diaz is 22, Geloff is 23. So these guys are legitimate young prospects, not guys that have been around forever. So there's, as good as they are, there's still plenty of room for growth. And remember, Soderstrom is catching and playing first base, so those are two options for him. And Diaz has been playing third base lately, so that could be an option for him. Cody Thomas, I, I know you love him too. He's been the best hitter at Vegas all season long. You know, a couple of other interesting outfielders that might be able to help be sort of placeholders until uh, Lawrence Butler or uh, Denzel Clark get, get to Oakland are um, uh, Trenton Brooks and uh, Max Schumann. Trenton Brooks has actually got a uh, – he was signed as a minor league free agent in the offseason, very much a Cody Thomas type left-handed hitting outfielder, been around a while. I think he's 27, but he's got an on-base percentage over 400. He's been hitting just as well at Vegas as Cody Thomas has. He's even been doing a better job of getting on base. Another guy who's finally getting a real shot at AAA is Max Schumann, very versatile infielder and outfielder who's been stuck at Midland, and um, he's finally getting a real shot at Vegas, and he's hitting over 300 now. Schumann can play all three outfield positions, can play every infield position. He's basically played everywhere but, but catcher and pitcher. And, um, wow. again, getting a chance now at Vegas, and he's hitting over 300. Um, you know, in Midland, he had an on-base percentage of over 400 most of the time. He's been there the last couple of years. Got a lot of speed, can steal a lot of bases. So, I, I, you know, I see him as being a possible, you know, versatile utility guy that they can plug in until some of the – some of the other top prospects maybe who are in double-A are um, are available as well. But there's plenty of guys down there at double-A, like like I mentioned, uh, Butler, Clark, um, not, not that far away. Also, Daryl Hernias, the 21-year-old shortstop, youngest position player at Midland, is hitting, I think, 335 right now. Um, so that, that's always good to see. And then we've still got Brett Harris down at, at, at third base in Midland that we all love. And uh, we're waiting for him to get a shot at uh, triple-A at or uh, – maybe he'll just skip AAA entirely and come straight up to the big leagues. We'll see. But I think those are some of the guys who were who were the most likely guys to be taking uh taking a place in Oakland before long.
1: Now, it's very interesting. I don't know if you saw it. We actually got finally got a little plug from mlb.com here on A's because We I mean, if you want to hear from the manager, if you want to hear from the GM, this is the only place. This is where they show up on a consistent basis. They could show up in other places, but On a regular basis, this is where you're going to get the GM. This is where you're going to get the manager. And on the David Ford show, I asked him about going double A to the big leagues. And it's been a long time, but he said he wouldn't rule it out. Next thing you know, Martin Gallegos picked it up for MLB.com and gave us some love. It's one of the reasons why you need to listen to Cast live and listen to Cast. But, yeah, I mean, he might be open to it. So when you start talking about Brett Harris or – butler or clark i mean butler wowed everybody at spring training Are knowing how conservative our front office has been over the years with this type of movement will you be shocked if guys go from double a to the big leagues
0: uh well first of all by the way i did see everybody picking up on your david forrest quote so um <laughs> everyone was definitely notice- noticing that that's for sure but you know to be honest yes i would be a little shocked i think in terms of the guys at AAA the only the, if one guy was to make that leap I think the most likely one would be Brett Harris because you know Butler is still I think 22 uh, maybe Clark is 23 hernias is 21 you know none of these guys have even had um, you know a full season in double A yet um, Harris um, you know has spent much more time at double a he's a little older he played um, you know a lot of college ball uh, he's a guy who's a little more to double a. So if it was to happen, I think Harris, the third baseman, would be the most likely guy who could be in a position to go straight from double eight in a to the major league. But I still would be a little surprised to see it. You know, they've been having Jordan Diaz play third base at Vegas. And I think yeah. that's the only thing that's keeping uh, Harris down at Midland at this point. It'd be great to see him get a little time in Vegas. But I think right now they're trying to see how Jordan Diaz can look at third base so that, you know, maybe they could consider plugging him in at third. And then you've got Geloff at second. And then you've got Soderstrom, who could bounce between catcher, first base, um, D.H. You've got Noda Langoliers in there. But there's still room for another guy like Soderstrom in that catcher, first base, D.H. mix a little bit, um, which is why they're still keeping him, you know, uh, spending some time behind the plate. But, um, you know, if for any reason they decide that they do want to bring a guy up from AAA, I think Harris would be the most likely uh, call at this point.
1: Well, hey, here's a reality, Bill. If you can hit, we will find a spot for you. If you can hit, we are I mean, kind of like what we're doing right now with Ruiz. Ruiz is not a great center fielder. We already know he's not a great infielder. That's why they moved him to outfield. And, you know, we we just see some questionable decisions that are made by Ruiz. But it doesn't matter, right? Ruiz can hit, and he can steal bases. If you can hit and you can be productive, we're going to find a spot for you. And that's where... When you said Diaz has been playing a lot of third, but Brett Harris is the future, that makes me go, whoa, what are we doing here? That's interesting because you're like, okay, Geloff now goes from third to second. He's now the second-base future. Uh, Diaz, it's kind of the problem we've always had with him. It's like he's a young stick but nowhere to put him. I mean, we'll find somewhere you hit, but that's kind of the problem, right? We haven't been able to find a spot for him.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of like the old days uh, with Renato Nunez. You know, it's hard to find a, a permanent landing spot for him. Most of the time he's been with the A's, he's been playing second. But Geloff really does look like the second baseman in the future. geloff has got a, a on base percentage over 400 at Vegas right now. Um, and like I said, he's still just 23. So, you know, Geloff looks like he's probably going to be a pretty solid option at second base going forward. So you've got to do something with Diaz. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good to have multiple options at these positions because not everything plays out like you hope or like you expect. You know, if you've, yeah. got, if you've got Harris at third, Galoff at second, you've got Diaz who can bounce around? Well, if one of these guys just doesn't pan out at the major league level, then maybe that's where Diaz ends up slotting in is wherever somebody you had high hopes for doesn't end up working out. That's where he'll get his opportunity. You know, I mean, things can change very quickly in baseball. So someone you expect to be your savior, you know, might end up, uh, you know, not being very useful <laughs> at any given point. Anything could happen, injuries, whatever. Um, as you mentioned, some of these high-profile guys uh, earlier in the show you were talking about, too. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, Anthony Rendon, these guys don't always pan out as as you hope. So it's good to, ha- good to have some options, I think. Um, you know, but with Geloff, uh, Diaz, and um, Harris, second and third base options, hopefully you get two of those three to pan out and you got something going there. And, um, you know, Clark and uh, Butler are both hitting very well at Midland. But, again, they're still pretty young. They still haven't had a full season at Double A. They'll be here before long. So, hopefully, you can plug in some outfielders in the meantime before they get here. And then, hopefully, they pan out like they're supposed to. And, um, you know, behind them, you've got a a young Henry Bolte at Stockton who's been hitting pretty well, too. He's still just 19. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, his time will come uh, sometime after Butler and Clark's.
1: My old college, my old college teammate is Denzel Clark's agent, and he's telling me Denzel's gonna be a star. He really believes it. like he he, you know he would tell me, ah, well, I mean, no, he's like this kid, the makeup, the ability. He believes Denzel Clark's gonna be a star.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know he's he's such a toolsy guy. I mean, he has real power. He has real speed. He's a big guy who can play center field. I mean, you just haven't seen many guys like him in the major leagues in recent times. Like I said before, he kind of reminds me of a Andre Dawson type, you know, big guy, power, speed, play center field. I mean, obviously that's a big name to tag on anyone, but (laughs) but just in terms of the, just in terms of the Hawk, baby,
1: the Hawk is Hawk Junior's Coming to
0: Oakland. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the other thing is, you know, he's, 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 everybody talks about Lawrence Butler who's, who's great and having a great year, but Lawrence Clark has actually been, you know, hitting overall, I think better at Midland than Lawrence Butler has. He's, the thing is he has a little more power. He just has a a, a little more raw power and uh, probably a little more raw speed too and the ability to play center. You know, so hopefully you talked about Ruiz really not you know looking like a great center fielder. Well, hopefully maybe in you know a year and a half or something, Denzel Clark might be a guy who you could be ready to stick out in center field and maybe you can move Ruiz over to left or somewhere where he's likely to 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 be a little less of a liability in the field. Um, those guys, I think think his agent is right. I mean, and the other thing about Clark, I mean, people will talk about, you know, oh, there's this hole in his game, there's that hole in his game. But some of these guys just, When they get the opportunity, they find a way to make it work. I still hear people talk about, well, Soderstrom's striking out too much. Yeah, but you know what? Every time he gets moved up a level uh, that, that it looks like maybe he might not be ready for, he just finds a way to make it work. He finds a way to hit. And certain players are like that. When they get the opportunity, when they get the challenge, whatever deficiencies they may have, whatever holes in their game they may have, You know, they they know how to make it work. They know how to succeed. They know how to find a way to win. And, you know, hopefully some of these guys like Soderstrom, Clark, Butler are are those kind of guys that they'll be ready to meet the challenge whenever it's presented to them.
1: Well, Bill, I mean, if he strikes out a lot, uh, the guy hitting third today, Brent Rooker, has struck out 17 times in his last 12 games. Uh, He'd fit right in. He'd be part of the club. Uh, Speaking of Andre Dawson, just for all the kids – Hall of Famer, Rookie of the Year, MVP, eight time All Star, eight time Gold Glove winner as an outfielder, 438 home runs, 1,591 RBIs, a career OPS of 806. The Hawk Andre Dawson played all the way till he was four. He started in Montreal on the bad turf his first year. Uh, Got 24 games in at 21, played all the way till he was 41 years old. Truly one of the great players, if that's coming to Oakland. All right, let's flip from position players. (laughs) Pitching, man. Oh, Bill, we need some pitching. I'm not going to say for this year, because I already know what this year is, 12 and 49. I'm not going to kid you, and I'm not going to kid me. But I want to write down some names. I want you to give me some names who I need to watch, whether they get called up or not. I need to watch because they could help next year. You're saying these are the guys that next year could help in Oakland. Go. Okay.
0: Well, first of all, we're going to skip right over AAA because, to be honest with you, everyone, uh, you know, with any great promise there has already had a shot, you know. I mean, the the most high-profile guys in AAA are probably – Uh, Kyle Muller, who, you know, has given up, uh, I think, uh, well, he's got an ERA of nine after his first two starts in Vegas. So um, I think he's given up three home runs in his first couple starts there. So that's a bit problematic. They're going to get Adrian Martinez back in the rotation there. So it'd be interesting to see what Adrian Martinez can do, you know, perhaps Adrian Martinez could be an option going forward um, in Triple A, but otherwise, not too many Triple A starters to look at. It, but if you drop down to to Double A Midland, I think Joey Estes is a guy to really keep an eye on. He came over in the Matt Olson deal last year from Atlanta. Joey Estes is just 21 years old. That's that's very young for um, the Double A Texas League, and he's probably been the most consistent pitcher there at Midland this year. Um, in his last few starts, I think he's just given up maybe two runs over his last three starts. I think he had struck out, um, you know, an average of a batter per inning over his last few starts. And again, young guy at 21, he was also probably the most consistent starter at Lansing this year. Hasn't had any injury issues, which is which is great to see considering so many of these pitchers do. So Joey Estes would be a guy to keep an eye on uh also at double a uh, ryan cusick has uh, gotten a little yeah. bit back on the beam this year he's remained healthy which is good he's had an era around three last i looked um the only issue is he is still walking a lot of guys i think he's walking about six guys per nine innings uh again that wouldn't be so unusual on the major league staff um but somehow he's managing to um limit the damage and he's kept his era at a decent level all year long but i think estes and Cusick. Unfortunately, JT Ginn is back on the uh, injured list there at Midland. Uh, Seems to be a continuing string of of problems there. Another guy who was just called up to to Midland that a lot of people don't know about, I think he was maybe a 17th-round draft pick a couple years ago, is right-hander Blake Beers. Um, He started out last year great at Stockton, um, performed well at Lansing, got off to a good start at Lansing this year, and he's been called up to uh, Midland. Um, A's minor league pitching coordinator, Gil Patterson, I talked to him recently, and he said that Blake Beers' slider could play in the major leagues right now. He's got a major league slider. And as you know, the slider has become a really, really common effective weapon for a lot of major league pitchers. And people have told me that, uh, besides Gil Patterson as well, that Blake Beers' slider is a major league slider. So he's made it to double A now, which is good to see. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he might be another guy worth keeping an eye on. So I'd say those three names at, uh, at Midland right now would be uh good to watch Joey Estes, Ryan Cusick and Blake Beers. Oh, I'm going to mention one more guy at A too. All right. He came over in the Sean Murphy deal this offseason, what probably the least mentioned name, Roy Bear Salinas. He is uh, actually leading all A's minor league pitchers in strikeouts and he's he, you know, he's striking out just uh, guys at a phenomenal rate. Again, fairly young, you know, a little raw. But, man, he has the stuff. Again, if you're leading, um, you know, your new organization in strikeouts, that's always a good way to put yourself on the map. So uh, I would add Roy Bersalinas to the list of guys with double A to keep an eye on as well.
1: By the way, if Beers gets to the big leagues, have his agent call me. I think I can get him a sponsorship deal.
0: Yes, you you you, pro- you probably can. I think maybe he and Eno Saris can work together on something.
1: I, 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 I have plenty of connections inside the uh uh the, the beverage industry in the Bay Area. If he gets here, I can get him a sponsor. We'll have the beers show brought to you by and you name it. I think I can I think I can get that sponsored.
0: I I, I think we can confer, foresee a promotion. Beers for beers too. Perhaps uh you know every time you strike somebody out we get a discount on beers at the stadium.
1: <laughs> uh, like if beers is uh beers is pitching it's like two dollar beer night.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly exactly yeah. I I, I I love it. I love it. All right. Give me some. You know what?
1: Things are, things are down. You know that bill. Things are tough. We're, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at a rough stretch here. You know, everything I, I show people all the time, all the notes that I get every single day, I show them the notes. I mean, the notes are, you know, I'll just give it to you real quick. The A's with a loss tonight would become the second fastest team since 1900 to reach 50 losses. Uh they're on pace for 130 losses which would be the most in modern history. The 1962 Mets had 120. The run differential is mine they're on pace for a run differential that's just unbelievable. Right now the run differential is -212. The all-time record is -349. So you got by the way haven't homered now in 169 plate appearances. A lot of negativity Bill. Send me out with something positive. Give me, well, I'll, build me up on this Monday to start our week.
0: I, I think, you know, when, when things look, look bad like this at the major league level, that's why it's good to have uh, the minor league prospects to talk about. And I think they're, the, the cavalry is nearby. They're just over the hill. Like we discussed a little earlier, you've got three of the A's, top-hitting prospects, are at AAA right now, and they are all performing well, and they are the three youngest, hitters on the Las Vegas roster. You've got 21-year-old Tyler Soderstrom, 22-year-old Jordan Diaz, 23-year-old Zach Galloff. Soderstrom now has 12 home runs. He's tied for the team league. I think there's only, I think there's fewer than 10 guys in the entire Pacific Coast League who have a dozen home runs. Tyler Soderstrom is one of them. On top of that, he's also got 14 doubles. So the guy is really showing the ability to power the ball. He had two home runs in the same game last night. Soderstrom is the real deal. He's got some real power potential. And, you know, if you've got a guy who can put it out of the park, that can change things for a team pretty quickly. So he's right there. If you're not happy with the job uh, Shay Langoliers is doing behind the plate, um, you know, we, Soderstrom can catch. He can play first base. He can DH. So he's right just a step away. Like I mentioned, Jordan Diaz, he's had a couple of looks. Now he's playing third base. Third base has been a bit of a black hole for the A's for a couple seasons now since Matt Chapman's been gone. There hasn't been a whole lot happening at third base. Jordan Diaz is hitting, I think, 330 at AAA right now. Again, just 22 years old. So even if he's shown some weaknesses at the major league level, he's still young enough to learn and adapt and adjust. And then Zach Gallop, 23-year-old second baseman. He's got an on-base percentage of over 400. He's been hitting really well at Vegas lately. So if you can just imagine you know, a power-hitting Tyler Soderstrom in the lineup – A second baseman like Zach Galloff, who can get on base, unlike A's current uh, second baseman. And uh, maybe a Jordan Diaz, who can put his bat on the ball pretty consistently and can make some pretty hard contact third base. You get those three guys into the mix, that could change the complexion of this team a whole lot. So hopefully that's something that we can look forward to in the second half for the A's and uh, maybe keep them out of the record books before the season is through.
1: You know, I I agree. There's one thing I don't agree with you on, but I agree with everything there. I, I think the younger guys would come up, bond together. They'll lose together, but they'll figure it out. And young guys come ready to rock. They'd come ready to rock every single day like sponges, and there's something special about it. They would start to win together. They'd start to figure it out. I'm ready to see it. Where I disagree with you is – are you trying to say that Vimal Machine was not our Brooks Robinson? Is that what you're trying to say at third base?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, you know, it's a debate between he and Sheldon Noisy, which one is uh, more qualified for the Hall of Fame? I'd say. Uh, I, I,
1: I can uh, go back. I can go back and find audio of you saying Sheldon Noisy is the next Mike Schmidt. I think I can go back and find it. <laughs>
0: Well if you could find that uh, you, you will be eligible for the Hall of Fame I think uh, but and, and remember right behind these guys that I was just talking up to we've got Lawrence Butler and Denzel Clark they're not far away so you know there there are plenty of things to look forward to hopefully like you said if some of these guys can come up together in the second half it also brings a yeah. sort of fresh energy you know they come up together they're young they're hungry they're eager they're excited you know, it can give the team a whole fresh outlook in the second half. So hopefully the A's aren't too conservative about this, you know, and they, you know, they, they, they get these guys moving, get them in the system, get them going, get them learning at the major league level. So that hopefully by the time next season's ready to start, you know, these guys have already, you know, got, got a few games under their belt and ready to perform at the major league level.
1: You're fantastic, my man. Absolutely. Fantastic. And once again, thank you every for everything you do for us here at A's Cast, I love listening to you. Uh, your podcast on A's Cast—it's uh, second to none. Keeping us updated on everything going on in the A's farm. We'll talk soon. You be well.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Tony. Talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, Bill's great. Bill is great. And I, and I'll throw something else in there that if they came to me and they said, "Okay, what are we going to do here?" I would say. Will you stop catching Sodastrum? Okay? Stop. Because right now, you have found a guy, as of right now, unless something changes, you have found a guy who can play first base. Not saying that Noda is for sure the future. I just, he's somebody that I want to see. Noda is very good defensively. Noda obviously has a terrific eye. That's why he has such a great on base. We got to get him to pull the trigger a little bit more on some quick pitches and drive the baseball. But you like what you see. And let's just say Noda is the guy. Now what? Get Sodastrom out in left field. This is a guy that everybody said is a terrific a- athlete. He played shortstop in high school. Now, I know that's not saying much. A scout would laugh at that. But, no, he's pretty athletic. Everybody says for his size, he's a pretty – and when we got to see him, Cody, at spring training, he looks like an athlete. He doesn't look like a dump truck catcher. He looks like an athlete. He can play. I mean, even Aliers has told us, yeah, I can play athlete. I, I can play outfield. I'm an athlete. He can run. So, I would – this whole – I mean, the catching, everybody's catching. It's like, look, but what are we doing? You have no outfielders.
2: A, a good example that I can think of, and I just heard it this weekend, and it ties into tonight's game with the Pirates and the A's. The Pirates' number one draft pick from the 2020 season was Henry Davis, who they took out of Louisville 1-1. And they, their number one prospect right now, hitting-wise, is Andy Rodriguez, who's also a catcher. So you got two catchers that are hitting well. Davis has got moved to AAA. So Rodriguez is the primary catcher. Where do you think they're going to start having Davis play?
1: Somewhere not catcher.
2: Corner outfield. Because they want to get. I mean, seriously. They want to make him more versatile.
1: I mean, right now. I mean, obviously. I mean, I like Cody Thomas just the standpoint of he's a terrific athlete. You got you got to let the age thing go. He really hasn't played. He's the guy that played quarterback at Oklahoma. You go back and read everything. Like you go back and read the scouting reports on him coming out of high school for football. He was all world. This guy's all world. He's just dealt with all these injuries. But he's tall. He's strong. He's got a rocket arm. He runs like the wind. He's somebody I'm interested. I was interested in last year, but I mean, he was, he's been banged up. And I'm interested to say, just let, just let's see. Um, but you know, Clark, obviously, and Butler are the future in the outfield. Ruiz, I you know, I Ruiz is gonna play. You gotta play Ruiz. And I got into this with Shooty Babbitt the other day at NBC. Um, I've watched enough. And I mean, did you, I don't even know, did you see the play yesterday out in right center on uh, Joey Wendell's double? I did not know. Yeah, it was, he just doesn't have instincts. And he doesn't take good routes. And he throws the ball I mean, he's just, I mean, there's a reason why he's the worst rated. Is he still the worst rated outfielder in baseball? Uh, I'm
2: looking up, I'm actually going to look up the fence of run save right now. That's what I was doing. Yeah. as you you're asking. What
1: was he at? Minus 12 last time we looked or something like that. Right
2: now he is at uh, very great. That's a great number. Minus 12. You're right on the money. Wow.
1: Wow. I mean, Hey, no. I'll tell you what, a scout like Shooty doesn't even buy it. No, I didn't buy it. And I'm like, Hey, listen. I'm not. I'm not a prisoner to the numbers. I think it. Wouldn't you say that? I believe in the numbers, but I'm not a prisoner to it. Yeah, correct. I'm not. I'm not handcuffed to it. I like my own eye test. I watch him. I don't think he's a good outfielder. I think he's brutal. But he hits and he steals bases. He's gonna play. I'm gonna find a spot for him. <laughs> At some point I Ruiz not coming out of the lineup. He's leading off every game. I just I'm worried about him defense. but in a year like this, you let him go. You let him see. But I mean, that's the thing of like I think a Sodostrom, if Noda is the guy, where's Sodostrom gonna play? Don't tell me catcher. I'm not I, <laughs> I, I think I'm so done. I'm so done overvaluing catchers. And I know I'm a former pitcher, so I we always bag on catchers. I, I'm so, I don't need. Martin Maldonado is doing just fine for the Houston Astros, and he doesn't even hit 200. They don't care. I don't need. Oh, Murph, I don't need an offensive catcher. Don't need it. Don't need it.
2: Corner effort. I need
1: my offense out in the field. Give me a third baseman, give me a first baseman corner outfield I, I gotta that's where i'm not finding my i could just get a guy that can throw and catch and put him behind the dish and win the world series i try to say this to people these people in baseball who think they they, they try and reinvent the wheel and i just like you don't need to have an offensive catcher we can go down every single word how many how many teams in the history of baseball had a supreme offensive catcher when and they won the world series
2: uh, well, we'll throw we'll – Big cap- Red Machine, obviously,
1: with Johnny Bench.
2: I'll throw, but, yeah. I mean – I was going to say, yeah, we're going to be captain, obviously, Jody the Big Red. Mera, yeah. Thurman
1: Munson.
2: Do we count Buster Posey? Rodriguez
1: was pretty darn good. Won some world. He won a World Series.
2: Do we count Buster Posey?
1: No. He's not a highly offensive guy. Especially not in those World Series. He was terrible offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But you know what? I'll give you Buster. I'm still going to come way way ahead. I'll give you Buster.
2: Uh, What about Gary Carter at the '86 Mets?
1: I'll give you Carter. Uh, Hall of Famer.
2: Do we take? Okay, Terry Steinbach.
1: I'll give you Terry. Yeah.
2: There's not a lot of like, you know, Hall of Fame catchers. I have
1: I have 130 something World Series teams that I can go through and go. Nope, 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 nope. I can go through how many World Series teams platoon catchers?
2: Astros do it. With Mald- well, this year it's Maldonado. So it.
1: and- I mean, I, I'm so tired of hearing about how catchers and offensive catchers, and we need catchers. I don't need a ton of catchers. I need one veteran guy that can handle everybody in the staff who knows how everybody throws. That's the, the number one thing, number one thing. You know, it, if I got to hear Mike Petriello and pop time and all this kind of stuff, it just drives me nuts. You know what I need? I'm going to tell you what I need from a catcher. I need a guy that understands and reads human beings. That's the number one job of a catcher. Ray Fossey and I talked about this all the time, and you know how much Ray Fossey meant to me in my life. Here's Ray. Where's Ray right here? The catcher has got to read and understand people. He's got to know every single guy on the mound what is he good at? What is he not good at? How do, how how does the guy react under pressure? Too many times we're worried about what the catcher. Oh, my God, look at this guy. He can throw and he can hit and he can do all this, and the guy's a rock head behind on play. Can you read scouting reports? Do you study Wilson Contreras? I mean, do I need to st- do I need to go any further here? Problem with Wilson Contreras, whether it's fair or not, we're not there. As C.J. Nikowski once said on this program years ago, next time we're on face-to-face, i got to bring this up to him because I've stuck with this. We know our teams better than everybody else, right? Because we see them every day. We know them. I don't know about the Cardinals. I just, what what's being said. I mean, how you prepare. What, the, the guy who was awful at it, and everybody couldn't stand throwing to, and he was such a jerk, and they put him on TV now. Former White Sox.
2: White Sox catcher?
1: Catcher. Oh, Perzinski, oh, A.J. Perzinski was at pain. I had to do a week, kind of a weekly show with him on KBR back in my KBR days. Pain in the you-know-what. And guys hated throwing to him because he was lazy. There were, t- when he was with the Giants, AJ Pruszynski would be sitting there just lounging around and pitchers are like, you want to go over the game plan? Nah. I mean, he was, give me a guy that understands people. He learns everybody in spring training. He understands what your go-to pitches are. He understands how good you are. He understands how to read you. Yes, he goes through the scouting reports and he knows the other team. That's great but he's got to know you and he's got to know that when you're out there on the mound and there's, there's people, there's chaos going on. There's a fire going on and you got runners on and this is, this is stress time. You, you call it a high leverage inning. That catcher's got to know what does my guy do, right? What, what's he comfortable with to get this guy out in this pressure situation? The numbers that I'm going to put down or the buttons I'm going to push push on Pitchcom, that he's going to be comfortable, and I'm going to put him as a pitcher in the best possible situation to succeed. That is far more important what my catcher hits. My catcher could not get a hit all season long, and I could still win the World Series. Fact or fiction? Fact. I could get no home runs, no RBIs, no hits, nothing. He could be an easy out. He could be an ultimate out, and I could still win. But I'm going to win games because that dude's smart. There's a reason why the catcher's looking out at everybody, and everybody's looking back. Every catcher I know, two of my favorite human beings on earth, two guys are my closest friends. Dave Jennings and Mike Murphy. Both were catchers of mine. Dave Jennings, I think, is going to come out and meet us in uh, in uh, L.A. for uh, San Jose State USC. Big Week game. zero when we shocked the world at the L.A. Coliseum. You've never met Dave. He was one of my – guy I played with. He was my roommate. He was in my wedding. And then Mike Murphy. Have you met Murph?
2: I don't think so. If
1: you, did our, if you came to our gambling trip, you'd meet these guys. But they're two of my best friends. They're catchers. They're leaders. Catchers are leaders, but you have to be. And if you're not, you're a terrible catcher. If you're just an offensive guy and you're not a leader, you you can help me offensively, but you're not going to really help my team be a winner. Great catchers are leaders. They're le- Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com.
0: Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
1: Oh, bigger than that. We're broadcasting live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, PNC Park. Look at it. Absolutely gorgeous. I, I, you can't get better than that. I mean, you really can't get any better than that. Like, it, it's, like, perfect. That's a live shot. It looks like a painting. Well, not because – well, the players are down below. You can <laughs> see them moving. But, I mean, that doesn't – it. I mean, it looks like – right? I mean, if you're looking at that, it looks like a picture. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's uh, – there's no one in the ballpark yet because I don't think gates have opened just yet, but um. – it's a beautiful day here. It's funny you mentioned painting because Andy Warhol is so iconic for Pittsburgh, and Andy Warhol Bridge is the second bridge behind the Roberto Clemente Bridge. So,
1: who? Uh,
2: Andy Warhol. You might have heard of him. He's a famous painter.
1: And who's the other guy?
2: Uh, some Clemente guy. I don't know he's. He was a pretty Ooh. good baseball player. What'd he do? Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many World Series did he ever win?
1: He won two, right?
2: Uh, he would have only won the one. Let me make sure. Oh no, he might. Let me double check.
1: I think he's got two.
2: Yeah, I think he won one in the '60s, the one with Maz at the I, home run. I, I
1: hate that my pirate knowledge is better than yours, and you're a pirate fan.
2: Yeah, he won two because remember Thank he pa- he passed in 1972, so he wouldn't been on the '79 team. Thank you. That was he would that would have been the Bill Mazeroski.
1: You can say good pirate knowledge by me.
2: That was good. That was good knowledge. He, but Maz has a statue out in right field, the legendary Hall of Fame second baseman. And Willie Stargell's here too. Do you have me now? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I think we're going to have to cut the camera. I think this Ethernet port down here isn't good. I mean, I'm using the one from up here now, and we'll hope and pray that this e- that Ethernet port's better.
1: Are we on the air?
2: Yes, we're back. Okay.
1: Technical difficulties today from PNC Park, but... Stuff happens. Derek Shelton's coming on, right?
2: Correct. He should be here shortly. And if for some reason we have an issue with the video, um, I have his direct line. So, so I will... we,
1: we, we had him on, was it this winter meetings or the winter meetings in 2019?
2: Um, it was, oh, it was oh, this oh. most recent one.
1: Did we have him in nineteen or
2: no? It's the most recent one we just did in twenty two.
1: Oh, yeah, because he wasn't manager then in nineteen when we were there.
2: If he uh, was he? I think his
1: first year was the COVID year, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, but he would have been hired then, I think. So yeah, he would have been the manager, but we didn't get him.
1: Let's see. Minor league coordinator for the Cleveland Any Minnesota. Remember
3: he Yeah, wrote- November
1: 27, thousand nineteen. So he was hired right before the winter <laughs> yeah. meetings. He's yeah. become the 41st manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot since uh, since I've been born. There's been a lot of managers. A lot since Smoking Jim was here.
1: Oh, did you did you uh, by the way we got a love. finally got some love from Martin Gallego, so I need to text him. He was uh putting out on MLB.com with force set on Ace Cast Live about uh, guys I saw that. going going from double A.
2: I saw that byline and headline. That's great. Um, I saw that come up the
1: other day. Did you, did you, wait a minute, did you see what Mark Kotze had to say on Ace Cast Live about Jim Leland?
2: Uh, I, was it about, I heard something about ponies or something, right?
1: So as a rookie, so the World Series has happened. It's 1997 World Series have happened. Obviously, um, Wayne Haizenga, who was the owner then of the Dolphins and the Marlins, he wins the World Series, and then he went. He got his he got his ring, and then he won it out. And so he dumps all the players. And Katsay comes up. It's 1998. Leland's still there, and Jim Leland. And Kotze are meeting every day. I'm not saying every day, but they were meeting routinely at the racetrack. And Mark Kotze learned how to bet the ponies with Jim Leland.
2: That's pretty great.
1: And he he said, he said, you'd go into his office. He'd have no shirt on. He'd just have his sliding shorts, flip flops, a cigarette, and the uh, ticket that he had. And he'd have the ponies up on the TV.
2: That's really good. Uh, by the way, we're, I think we're going to try to get Derek Shelton to call. Um, I don't think they have time to do the video, so let's, I have the number, so I'll oh. try calling him.
1: That is – I mean that, that, I mean, that is unbelievable. Derek, how are you? It's good to have you on the program again. Good. Thank you for having me, man. It's good to be back. Well, I got to tell you, we're so happy for you and the success of your guys. You know, when we talked to you down in San Diego at the winter meetings, you talked about a process and the process that you guys have been going through. Just take us through, you went through some tough times, and right now, man, you guys are battling. You're right in this thing. You're just a half came back in the Central.
4: Yeah, we, we've been playing well as of late. I mean, we started off really well and then went through a tough stretch, not only with how we played, with some injuries and in our schedule. And over the past uh, probably 10 days, we've started to play better baseball. But I, I think your point is, you know, you have a process when you come in, and, and Ben Charrington had one when we started four years ago, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of the fruits of that.
1: Yeah, another five-game winning streak, so this is a, another long winning streak for you. And, and you try and tell the fans, like, even if you get out to a hot start, there's going to be a, bunchy, a a bumpy patch, but then it's how do you write that? Just how proud are you of your team, hot start, bumpy patch, and now you're back?
4: Yeah, I'm really proud of our group. They're a resilient group. They play hard. Uh, you know, they get after it every day. And I, I think the one thing for a lot of our young players, because, we, have, you know, we have one of the youngest rosters in baseball, is just realizing it's a long season. And you cannot get too high and you cannot get too low. And we have to just make sure we maintain all the time.
1: That's a great point because, you know, maybe you get caught up on it when things are going real well. But, you know, that's the reason why we have what we call the dog days is, yeah, you're going to go through... here comes the humidity, here comes the heat, it's going to be tough, it's going to be July, it's going to be August, it's going to be September. What's it like taking a young team through that type of journey? Well,
4: I think the biggest thing that we've added this year is we've added veteran players in in, you know, McCutcheon and Santana and Rich Hill and Austin Hedges. So we, we have guys that have been through that. So it's easier for myself and for the staff that we're not having to handle every situation, which over the last three years, that's kind of how it's been. Now we have some veteran players that can stand up and be like, hey, man, it's going to be a grind. And, uh, you know, you got to continue to go. And when it comes from uh, peers, it's something that really resonates more.
1: When you talk about Andrew McCutcheon, it was sad to see him leave Pittsburgh. And now he comes back, and he's about to get his 2,000th hit. And, you know, we've talked about, You know, his situation, he he wished it would have all been in a Pittsburgh uniform. But when he came back and he got back into your clubhouse, what did did that mean to your group? Well, I think it
4: meant not only a lot to our group, but to our city. You know, this was a guy that didn't want to leave, that still lives here. You know, obviously he left and Brian Reynolds actually came in a trade for him. So uh, the fact they're both on the field (laughs) together is really important. But what it meant for our clubhouse was a lot of these young players, when they thought about the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's the guy they thought about. They thought about the guy that had won the MVP and won gold gloves and been the cornerstone of a, uh, of an organization. And when he came back, it was like, all right, this is real. We're playing with a guy that played in our division last year, had the opportunity to go to multiple places this offseason, and he decided to come back here. Uh, So I think that's really important for our young players to realize that, you know, when they walk down the hall and see his picture on the wall, because he's won an MVP and it's a guy that wants to be here and thinks we can win here. That's really uh, impactful.
1: Yeah. I I think about Cody, our producer from Pittsburgh, he's there in the press box right now. We've been showing, by the way, we're out. So we have cameras up in the press box right now, showing PNC park in the background, I mean, we, we've been to all the ballparks in the big leagues, and I've been to all the NFL stadiums working in the NFL. I, I don't think there is any – I mean, you go to it every day, you're spoiled, but is there anything better than the backdrop at PNC Park?
4: No, I think Cody will tell you that. I mean, you know, realizing from meeting him this winter in San Diego that he's from here, we have the prettiest ballpark in America. And to be able to come and, and look at this skyline, and if you get it on a good night uh, in the summertime about 7, 25, it's like the whole city lights up behind it with just a natural glow. And it, it's beautiful. And, you know, the only problem we have is everybody wants to come see our ballpark, so it ends up becoming a destination for opposing teams and their fans. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't get much better than, uh, than PNC.
1: By the way, the highlights don't do it justice because so where our camera is, we can see the Allegheny River. My God, what a poke that is for some of these guys who have been able to hit it in the river.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you guys are in the Bay Area, and you see what it's like in San Francisco. But uh, to get a ball in the Allegheny here, you got to get it pretty flush.
1: Yeah, back to McCutcheon. It's just not like you're bringing a guy back who's like a ceremonial, former, great player. He's still highly productive for you.
4: 100%. And I think that's one of the things when, when you know, Ben and I started talking about it in the offseason, and when Cutch and I talked about it, 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 this isn't a farewell tour. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's running out an 815 OPS, uh, has been is one of our, if not our most consistent performer all year long uh, and is a really good player. So that was something that was really important to us, too. You know, we're not in the in the area in our development or our process where we can bring a guy back on a farewell tour. We need production and Kutch has done all of that.
1: So I look at your ball club off to a hot start. Right now you're right there at first place. I see you as one of the teams that's going to be there all season long, battling for the postseason, if not winning your division. How important was it to get Reynolds' contract out of the way? Because it got old. If we're hearing about every day, I can't imagine what you guys were dealing with every way, uh, dealing with it every single day. And as we all know, distractions in the clubhouse, with the media, with everybody. It's no good. Yeah, it's no
4: good. I mean, obviously there was a trade request and, in you know, there, there's a business aspect to everything. Brian wanted to be here and ultimately it came down to Brian make, Brian making the decision that this is where he wanted to play and he wanted to be here for a long time because of what we were doing, uh, his buy-in to our process. And then on the flip side of it, you know, our ownership group committing a, a lot of money to, to keeping a player here that we really believe in. And, and you know, sometimes when the business aspects gets involved, it can take a little bit longer. But I think the fact that there was commitment on both sides and both sides wanted this to happen, we ultimately got it done. And it's really good for the Pirates. It's really good for Brian Reynolds, and it's really good for Pirates fans.
1: All right, we'll give you two more because we truly appreciate your time. We know you're busy. Uh, when I think about your team and what we're going to see the next couple of days, sometimes a lot of people won't talk about it they glance over it but boy your bullpen has really been hot for you guys
4: yeah our bullpen's been a strength for us uh you know all year long and especially the last two weeks they've really pitched well we've had a couple situations where they've had to cover almost entire games uh you know especially in the st louis series and i think the biggest thing about it is we've seen guys get better we've seen guys that have started in non leverage situations And are now pitching in leverage situations, sometimes at the end of the game. uh, And they just keep getting better. And that's really important for a club like ours.
1: And let's end on this. Obviously, you know, the A's coming in 12 and 49. It's a historic bad start. We talk about your good start. It's a historic bad start. And you know what, what a proud franchise this is. You understand what it's like to have some tough seasons, to grind it, but you're constantly building, building to get better. If you had general advice for all of us in our A's world about the process and getting better, what would that advice be?
4: Well, I think there's two parts to it. You stick to the process, and sometimes that's hard for fans to hear. Uh, I think one of the things we learned in Pittsburgh, as long as you outline it and, and say, like, hey, we realize we're building towards something and stay consistent with it, and then the second thing about it is, I think you guys have a really good leader at the top in, in, in Kotze, You know, a guy that comes in every day, has a good mindset, stays positive, because you have to stay positive in that respect. And, you know, you guys have really done a good job identifying Katse as that person to lead it. And it's hard, but you got to have broad shoulders, and he does.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, that's the thing. And, and we do the Mark, I, I talk to him every week. It's the Mark Kotze show. I mean, you're the manager. It's not like, like you just turn this off, go home and get a good night's sleep. You're grinding every single game, every single move, pitch, everything. And you take it home. People don't realize as a manager, how much you wear it on all day long, every day, all day.
4: Yeah, that's 100%. I mean, you said good night's sleep. I don't think I've had one of those in about four years. And, uh, <laughs> The, the, the person that, that and, and I can tell you this from experience, but for the person that's at the, the top being consistent, and, and I think, again, that's why you guys haven't caught, because he is consistent. And like you said, you talk to him every week, and I guarantee you that he has not changed one bit, regardless if it's you know a good day or a bad day. And that's really important for your group, and it's really important for your fan base.
1: Well, I got to tell you, you got a fan club out here ever since we met you down at the winter meetings in San Diego. And of course, Cody being a super pirate fan, uh, we're talking about you guys all the time. We're rooting for you. So good luck. Let's talk later in the season, but keep it going. You're off to a great start. All right. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh,
4: glad Cody got a chance to come home and uh, see this beautiful city again. Take care. Be well. Thank you.
1: Derek Shelton, the skipper of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Good dude. My good friend, him, as you just heard in San Diego, really nice guy. Uh, didn't want to I didn't keep him too long, did I?
2: I think you're fine. I know I, their. I know their uh, head of PR pretty well, so uh, he'll understand. We're good. And uh, f- I found out what the issue was. Um, the line that we were using for Ethernet, where I'm sitting, was apparently the bad one, and uh, I was never told that. So we have the good one now. We should be good the rest of today and tomorrow with internet.
1: Uh, Athletic has just put out, league looking into possible gambling policy violations with the Indianapolis Colts. That reminds me, i got to do that gambling thing, right? Uh, Yes. That baseball gambling seminar?
2: Yes, that's correct. I don't know when the end date on that is, but... Yeah, I saw that thing, because these were.
1: But we can run DraftKings... We can re- we can run DraftKings commercials, right? Uh, correct. We can have stuff stuff sponsored by MGM, right?
2: Uh, correct. Now it's I mean now I see people writing about it. I gotta go through it. a
1: forty five minute long seminar about gambling, but yet we could be sponsored by gambling. Correct. In baseball, okay. Just just wanted to check if I was right or wrong. I still I don't have it with me right now. But I I still have the baseball. From the uh, Japan series, 2019. The A's versus the Mariners. Ichiro's last ride. Do you know what that was brought to you by? Uh, MGM. MGM. All the stuff says MGM. Just want to throw it out there. I'm happy for him. He seems like the type of guy that, like, you know, the young players – you got to have the right guy with young players. Next time we have Johnny Gomes on. Johnny Gomes has incredible stories about Lupanell, just crushing young guys <laughs> with the with the with the then Devil Rays. He's got a Ben Grieve story that's literally one of the best stories I've ever heard. Son, son, son. <laughs> ben Grieve, Ben Grieve is struggling. This is at the end of his career. Bases loaded. He's digging in, right? He's digging in, and all of a sudden, Lou Pinella comes up from his from his. I don't know if he's napping or Johnny tells it better than I than I'm going to. But all of a sudden, like Lou Pinella comes alive. What? What's going on? Base is loaded. Greaves up. Now, now, no. son, son. He called everybody son because he knew nobody's name. Yeah. According, <laughs> according to I, Johnny. I son, he... son, now, 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 no. son. So, Grieve has to look into the dugout and go, What, me? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And he looks at the hitting coach, whoever the hitting coach was, and says, Just anybody, anybody but him. And he's saying this in front of all the players and all the young guys. Ben Grieve, kind of established, been rookie of the year, right? He's signed a little bit of a contract. He's made some money. Lou Pinella's like, No, you're terrible. No, not now. And, And they're a bad team anyway, but lose like had it. Now, tells the hitting coach, I don't care who you put up, anybody but him. Ben Grieve.
2: Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Am I saying Ben Grieve? Ben Grieve, yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking of Mark Grieve, the former Sabercats quarterback. (laughs) Ben Grieve comes down smashes his bat breaks his bat he's pissed comes back up Lou Piniella calls him over son son sit right here and I guess says to him son if you wanted to break your bat I actually would have let you hit (laughs) that was the end of Ben Greaves career never really played that much after that son no 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 then Jorge Cantu have I told that story
2: uh, I'm trying to remember this one. I don't... I remember you telling me about... Crane, I don't know if you told it on the air. I think you might have told me off okay, the air. Jorge
1: Cantu, long time... Well, years ago, player. Shows up one day. It's like a good pitcher's on the mound, like a really good pitcher. I told, Skip, I can't play. Skip, I can't play. Once again, Johnny does a way... Be, he knows... He know, He His impressions are very... Be, are, they're better than mine. But Skip can't play today. So... Lou was like, okay, okay. Next day, Jorge Cantu comes in says, I'm fine today. I feel a lot better, Skip. Oh, no, I think you need to rest. I think you need to rest, son. <laughs> he didn't play for like 11 or 12 straight games. <laughs> so basically, Lou was sending a message. Oh, you can't play dinged up because of really good pitchers on the mound? Well, then you're not going to play. By the way, uh, according to Johnny Gomes, all the young Devil Rays after that, no one showed up and complained again that they were dinged up. There's lessons to be learned. Oh, for sure. That's,
2: I mean, Lou kind of built the you know, built the culture a little bit, and then Madden came oh. in and Madden came Lou, in and just
1: Lou was old and Lou was past. He was he was collecting a check, but Johnny Gomes will tell you, oh, learned a lot from Lou Pinella, an old school hard way. Taught those young Devil Rays. When did they become the Rays? In 07?
2: Yeah, somewhere in like the mid to late 2000s.
1: Yeah, he taught them like, hey, this is how you play. And he was ruthless. Once again, getting back to ruthless the way we started this show. It's ruthless. Professional sports is ruthless. And if you don't understand that and that doesn't guide you, then you're not going to have success. And this is tough. This is a hardcore business. Think about Derek Shelton. I can tell you right now. You want sh- Derek Shelton, the man that we just had on. Look at his coaching record. He was nineteen and forty-one in the COVID year. Nineteen and forty-one. Sixty-one and one hundred one in twenty twenty-one. Sixty-two and one hundred in last season. So basically, three years, Derek Shelton has been at the helm of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they've been terrible. But this year, a half game out of first place with the Milwaukee Brewers. Am I still with you?
2: You are, but your video's gone.
1: Where'd my video go?
2: Uh, Did you? Something switched off. Your screen's all black now.
1: I'm still on the black magic. Oh, there we go. I hit it on the two, yeah. I mean, it just tells you times like this. You you got to battle through it. Tori Lavella has told us you got to build a culture. I mean, how many times do I got to read this damn thing? I know I have it here somewhere. How many times do I read it? Love, trust, commitment, and effort. Now the thing with this this A's group, what time is Vinny joining us?
2: Uh, he'll be here in uh, round three.
1: I don't think a lot of the players that we have here are going to be with us during this time. That's the tough thing about really delving into like I mean, even looking at like today's lineup. I'll just go through it. I mean, putting a lot of effort in when you start looking at the lineup uh, is is Rooker really a long term guy? Probably not. Probably. Seth Brown.
2: Then he's thirty. Probably not.
1: Carlos Perez.
2: He's thirty two. Probably not. Jonah Bride, maybe utility player, but not a starter.
1: He's hitting 167.
2: Peterson, no, he's over 30.
1: And I'm not bringing, I'm not even bringing up Kemp and Diaz because they're not in the lineup today. So it's like, it's tough to invest in in a bunch of these guys that you know are not. When you look at what Derek Shelton has done in Pittsburgh. You look what Torrey Lavello has done in Arizona. This is not this is not it. Now, I can say Ruiz. I can say Noda. I can hopefully say Langoliers. I hopefully can say Allen. I hopefully would say that. But what we're seeing right now, still on June 5th, is not, not the answer. This is not the answer. And I don't throw Jonah Bryden there at 27 years old. I don't. I mean, think about it. We talked about if you got Jordan Diaz playing third and you got uh Brett Harris down at down at and he's the future, right? Aren't we saying that's the future? Yeah, for sure. I haven't even looked at I don't even look up his numbers. I Where's mean it? what I mean, how could you even be talking about Jonah Bright as
2: the future? Yeah, you really you really can't. Uh, I'm trying Can't. to see if he did anything yesterday.
1: Brett Harris is hitting 292, an OPS of eight forty-three. Got three bombs, 36 RBIs. Seventh-round pick by the Oakland Athletics. He's a zag, by the way. Correct. Make sure when we have him on at spring training, we bring up some hoops. Pretty good basketball program. <laughs> He's not a big power guy, though.
2: Sorry, but, as, long, as long as he hits and gets on base, that's all that matters.
1: But but that's the thing. It's like, okay, it's tough. We're kind of in a, for for our program and for the front office, we're all kind of in a transitional stage, right? We don't really want to talk about the veterans, guys, but they're here. So we got to, but we know they're not the future. We want to talk about the young guys, but you can only talk about the young guys so much because you haven't seen them. Like, until you see him play every day, it's great to hear Butler's name. It's great to hear Clark's name. It's great to hear Harrison. It's great to hear Cody Thomas. It's great to hear Sody and Geloff and D. But until you see him every day, it's tough to get excited. And that's where you're going to have to, like, I got a Band-Aid right now. You got to rip it off. It's, it's horrible. I have to rip this off anyway. But do you know how hard, you know how much this is what's got to happen, folks? See this? I've been talking about this. See this Band-Aid? Do you see it, Cody? I do, yes. This thing has been on since last night. It's going to hurt. Ah! It takes hair off, and it hurts. But you know what happens?
2: It starts to heal. It starts to go away. Yeah, it starts to heal, yeah.
1: It starts to go away. Yeah, it does hurt. But you, it's, I'm okay. I'm okay. That's what has to happen. we got to rip the Band-Aid off. It's a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Because this is, I mean, I, I couldn't believe when I saw the notes today, I didn't realize how far Brent Rooker had fallen. 128, 17 strikeouts in the last 12 games.
2: Yeah, it's not good. The, the, the what do we call it, the, the uh, struggle has been real recently for Brent Rooker.
1: I mean, he, he got out to such a hot start. Remember one of our interns brought up he was hitting a but Back then, he was hitting a buck 90 since going on MLB Network. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at his May alone, 198. 198 May, 143 already in June. Nah, but the problem is you fall in love with something, right? Hot spring, hot start, everybody falls in love, and you're like, man, you got to go back to reality. There's a reason you're 28 years old and you haven't been a player in the big leagues on a consistent basis. There's a reason. There's a reason. There's 30 teams. There's 30 teams that you can sign with and play in the big leagues, and you haven't been able to stick with one. And now we're sitting here and we're looking at, oh, he's got 11 home runs, 32 RBIs. Well, that all came a long time ago. He's dropped to two fifty six. He was well over three thirty.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I'm saying he's hitting one twenty eight in the last twelve games. Yeah, that's half a month. You're yeah. hitting one twenty eight. You're getting that, You're getting a hit once every ten at bats. That's rough. Coming up next, Vince Catronio will join us. Is he going to be there live with you?
2: He is, yeah. I'm going to try to set up the other camera while we're – since we have good internet now, I'll try to set that up. So you're going to have Vinny and the background all at the same time.
1: Oh, can't beat – you can't beat that right here on A's Cast Live. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. I'm here.
2: Oh, I hold see on. Bark. Bark. Hold on. How about, how about now?
1: Oh, I don't know what's more beautiful. (laughs) Vince, or the background at PNC Park, look at that tan from South Beach.
3: (laughs) That's just the olive oil oozing through my skin, Townie. That's all that is.
1: All right, Vince, let's be honest. You go to every ballpark in Major League Baseball. You look at the NFL. You can't talk about arenas. Is there any backdrop better than PNC Park?
3: Hard to beat for sure. I mean, this is just spectacular with the bridges, and you've got downtown Pittsburgh right in your eye it really is an outstanding uh place to watch a baseball game and they got it right I mean you can walk to it across the bridges from downtown uh you know it's it's spacious I think they laid it out properly whereas you go someplace like Globe Life Field in Arlington it's so chopped up they have a picnic area behind home plate it looks really awkward to me at least to my eye looking at a stadium this is they did a lot of things right here and it you know, with the uh, with the backdrop that you see, it's just spectacular. And the great thing too is that, you know, right field, the right field wall, it's as to no surprise, twenty one feet high, in honor of Roberto Clemente. So they did a lot of things to honor the history of this great franchise, and that's certainly a part of it. But this place is spectacular.
1: Yeah, we were just talking to Derek Shelton, the manager of the Pirates. and it was like, man, when when Cody puts the when Cody put the picture up. And, it, I mean, it actually looks like you're looking at a painting or a picture. Yeah. That's how beautiful it is. But when you're that high up and you have the camera, you
3: realize, wow, that that poke into Allegheny River, wow, that is impressive. It is. It, and it's only happened uh, like eight or nine times in the history of a PNC Man. park. They don't have like a splash meter like you see in San Francisco, although one of the uh, Pirates players, Jack Sawinski, hit it twice last week for the Pirates when they were in San Francisco. Uh, uh, Daryl Ward was the first visiting player that hit one on the fly to, into the Allegheny, and Garrett, I'm losing his, I can't remember his first name, uh, was the guy that, that was the first guy to hit one out for the Pirates years ago. So G- Garrett Jones? Garrett Jones, there you go. Garrett Jones I remember scored. all the bad Pirates. There you go, yeah. I forgot I've got the resident Pirate historian in the booth with me. So Not
1: Bill Madlock uh, no. or not Willie Stargell nope. or
3: Dave Parker. No, nope. or- none of those guys. So, oh, Gary Jones. Pintacolby. is he coming out of the bullpen uh, today? No, I don't think he is. And, uh, you know, I know you talk with Derek about this. Their bullpen's outstanding. Yeah. It's just, I mean, David Bednar is an absolute beast on the mound. You know, pitch for w- Team USA and the WBC. And not very many closers have three pitches, but he does with that 97 fastball, curveball, and that great split. So, it's a challenge, certainly. You don't want to get to that bullpen, uh, not to that part of their bullpen anyway, if the A's hope to get some momentum going here in Pittsburgh.
1: All right, I want to go around the league with you because I love doing that. Because as a play-by-play guy, you do follow all of baseball. Um, what, what What do you make of this? The Texas Rangers outscored the Mariners and yeah. that great rotation thirty to eight so far this season. It's the sixteenth time they've scored at least ten runs, tying them with the nineteen thirty nine Yankees for the most in the first fifty eight games in the modern era. So you've got Seattle. Everybody loves Seattle, and they've got all this talent, and they got all this pitching. And all of a sudden, Texas has just mowed through them. They're in first place over Houston by three and a half. What are we now making out of the Texas Rangers
3: here in early June? Well, two things for me. Well, three things. Number one, uh, Bruce Bochy at the top of the list. He, he brings just a different air when he's inside your dugout and inside your clubhouse. I think we're seeing that. Proven once again, his history is is as good as just as a lot of people in the seat that he's been in for years. And even though he's been out for three years, he hasn't skipped a beat. So that's at the top of the list for me. Number two, Corey Seager. He comes back. He's off the uh, IL and he's got like 30 RBIs in 10 games. Something not that number, but something ridiculous since he's come off the IL. Player of the month. Yeah. So he 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 stepped in, did miss a beat, and that just really lengthened that powerful lineup. And then you have to go with the pitching. Their pitching has been outstanding, and Nathan Ovaldi joined Shane McClanahan as an eight-game winner yesterday uh, in the in the league that leads the majors in that category. So, and this is a, a rotation minus Jacob DeGrom right now. The fact that they're doing that with the guy that's arguably their, their best pitcher, at least their most talented pitcher when he's available, uh, speaks volumes. So, if, if you're asking me about them, uh, that's impressive. And Bryce Miller, who just mowed down the A's twice, and, Look, the A's lineup doesn't have the same kind of firepower that the Yankees or the Rangers have, and those are the last two teams that he faced, and he got it handed to him as a veteran offensive lineup would do against a young pitcher, even somebody with the dynamic stuff that Bryce Miller has. So that's a learning curve for him as well. But uh, Texas, I think, is for real, and I think they're going to be in this thing for the long haul. And, you know, for the Astros, they catch them, and they've already beaten the Astros at a head-to-head meeting. uh, It's going to be quite a summer. Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: And now we're, you know, now that we got past Memorial Day, and no, all the it's early. People have to go away, and now they have to really focus on what your record is. The, the next two months, it's about how do we get better. And I try and explain to people all the time. This is kind of a two-part question, but I try and explain. People want to think it's Moneyball because they've watched Brad Pitt pick up the phone and go, "Hey, savey, save, send me this guy." Okay, I'll send you that guy. It takes time. Trades take time. There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of, hey, I'm looking at your organization. You look at my organization. Just talk about these. It's just not one phone call and we're flipping guys. There's a lot that goes into trades, and that's why you got to start working the phones. Like, right now, you got to be working the
3: phones. Well, I agree, Tony. and I think if you look back at, at spring training of last year for the athletics, that's why it was – if you're going to be in a situation that the A's were put in, meaning having to move veteran talent – a talent that was certainly uh, wanted by a lot of clubs, but because there was a lockout, and then you come right to spring training, and then you couldn't talk to the players all winter. You couldn't set up that kind of "give me your best offer in 48 hours" kind of situation, working clubs against each other. Hey, this club has offered us that. Well, we think we've got something else. Give me a better offer, or you've got you know you've got a, a deadline that you've got to meet because I've got other clubs that are interested. The ace didn't really have that opportunity. So with the talent that they had that was available, uh, you know, with Olsen and with Chapman and with Bassett and with Mania in spring training and, and eventually with Motos, but more so those first four, having to do that in a short amount of time really was challenging for the A's. It would have been challenging for any organization to try to put something together and feel like they're getting value back. And it's fair to say right now A's getting value back on those moves is work in progress at the very best you've got shay langoliers up and he's certainly done well with the a's have been able to do with the montas deal with sears and Waldachuk and medina that's impressive but the other arms uh they're slow to come other players are slow to come and that was difficult so to, to speed up to what you're talking about in 2023 you're right i think clubs that are certainly in contention are identifying what they can do to get better and and what other clubs and namely a team like the A's, with a with veterans like a Ramon Laureano or maybe a veteran out of the bullpen, would be an interest to somebody as a as a piece that could be part of a club that can help them. If you're a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, which is as big a disappointment as any in baseball, last in the NL Central, last in the National League, what are they going to do? You know, how aggressive will they be willing to be in a city where they are accustomed to winning? How aggressive will John Mozeliak be to to try to jumpstart their situation, whether it's in the dugout or certainly with players with the roster to get them moving so yeah I, I think townie that right now you're you're looking at the two the two teams obviously with their records the A's and the Royals are the teams that teams are probably taking a very close look at at some of the players on their major league club and seeing what they could possibly do to help them uh, and aside from that, then you're looking at the other You know, are the Cardinals going to be a buyer or a seller? Are the Rockies going to be selling? You know, teams of of that ilk. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, there's always, you know, it's the 1st of August, whatever that date is, right then when the trading deadline ends. And last year, the uh, Seattle Mariners, they jumped it. You know, that's how they got Luis Castillo, because they made the move with the Reds on the 27th of July. They were the first team to move the needle. And then suddenly, with that name off the board, then the panic or the discussions change with other clubs that had him on their board. And now that he's gone, does somebody else move to the top of their board? How do they put that together? So you definitely have to be prepared. You have to be ready to strike. And that's one thing the A's always were good at, Townie. When when the A's were in contention, make no mistake, Billy Bean and David Force they were aggressive, and they went after players to improve their stretch drives. And that's what other clubs have to make that determination on right now. Yeah, we love the trading deadline, but
1: we also love, how things are working in baseball and a lot of teams are in this thing with the expanded playoffs. It means more teams, more fun in the summer, more people have a chance. I, some people don't like expanded playoffs. I would debate them that every sport has expanded and every sport has gotten better because of it, especially from the fan standpoint. And, but it does hurt the trading deadline. Cause you start to wonder so many buyers, not a lot of sellers, and the sellers aren't that great. That's, that's kind of the problem, right? It's like you look at the sellers. I mean, even, even our own club. It's like there's not a whole lot. You know, if this, is, if this is
3: the store here, Vince, and you got all these
1: buyers, right. uh, the, the cupboards are kind of bare.
3: They are, but there are other clubs, and sometimes you can, you can deal strength with strength with teams that are actually contending. And the big question, you know, following up on what you're talking about with the extra playoffs, who's going to be Philadelphia this year? Because Philadelphia was last team in. Now, I know you've talked about it with the NHL and with the NBA, with the Heat and with the Panthers, last team yeah, in. And you, now you were just, they're, they're still standing. You're just
1: living it in South Florida. Right, right. So, eight seats in the NBA and hockey.
3: So teams, you know, the question is how long do they hold on? How long do they believe they can stay in this thing? And it's going to be it's going be longer than, you know, what you would think about other times. I, I still think you can identify four or five clubs of which the A's are a part of. You can say the Cubs are a team. You can say the Rockies are a team. You can say the Royals are a team. Uh, maybe even the White Sox, depending if they don't continue to push toward the 500 mark those are teams that do have players with major league pedigree and major league success that would certainly be uh, a group that you would want to have some interest in
1: all right cuban food in south florida you had to have what what is this
3: that you have to have here in pittsburgh well there's two things there's pierogies which i haven't had yet and that'll be tomorrow but you got to go to permante brothers which is just this obnoxious sandwich Full of it's. First of all, it's white bread. I mean, who even eats white bread anymore? Is beyond me.
1: Oh, just, cool right
3: there. And then just a big hunk of, take your pick: roast beef, pastrami, turkey, ham, and then they cram, literally, they cram the French fries in the sandwich. And they take the top piece of the other piece of the white bread and slam it down. And they shove it right to you. And they say, five ninety-five whatever it costs. And then you sit there, either at the counter, which is the official way to do it, or you sit at the table like Cody did today with Alex. And you have your obnoxious sandwich and you probably have taken and they' probably already taken a two-hour nap after that food today I would imagine wow.
2: he forgot the he <laughs> forgot the coleslaw and tomatoes that go on there as well <laughs> true
3: Pittsburgher he would know
1: <laughs> that sounds like something I used to do about 1:45 in the morning <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> All right but are you TV uh, all week?
3: Um, uh, I'm just just for here just for Pittsburgh I'll be on radio in Milwaukee
1: are you doing any radio for the next three games I am not all right just I that means I don't have to throw to you at all that's correct but <laughs> I will see you uh Wednesday I'll be in at NBC I'll be with you Wednesday looking forward to it Tony see you later you have I, I would say have a great call but now that you know you're you're pretty and everything <laughs> I mean just go out you know what Vince look good play good exactly I've heard that commercial
3: someplace <laughs> look good play good <laughs> all right Tony right, have a good call see you
1: later Vince Catronio going to be on NBC Sports California the next three days. Back on radio uh, with us and A's Cast streaming. Uh, When we, what's the final destination? Is it Milwaukee? We got to go to Milwaukee after this.
2: Correct. And I I also I found the. Did you take a
1: picture of this sandwich he's talking about?
2: Uh, yes, I'll send it to you. I'm gonna try to get a good better. I'm gonna get a better camera view for everyone because no one cares to see me. So there you go. There's I'm
1: so glad you went. A, I don't have to deal with you at my house. (laughs) B you uh, it's an unbelievable view. Yeah, here. Let me get that. You know what? You need to bring me something back Pittsburgh. Uh, I want something cool. Like pirate hat, pirate shirt, but not 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 like the traditional black i i need something cool that you can only get at the ballpark
2: do you want the old school uh like 70s hat i mean they're only like 45 dollars, but i can get you one i looked earlier my, no, no, my no, friend's I, girlfriend I can, got one i
1: want something that i can't get like i can't just go online i want something unique
2: i'll, well, I'll see what i can find at the old ballpark uh, here. see that
1: pirate see the pirate on the scoreboard right yeah, now yeah
2: the old logo yes
1: that's the old logo. That's not the logo I would grew up with. Yeah, That's it's a, like a new logo. It's like
2: the like the we they use that like the, when I was a kid. That was like the big logo. Now it's just a pirate P you see all the time.
1: Do is it? Do they have anything like a pirate? Like it almost looks like Pirates of the Caribbean. They got anything with the pirate on it?
2: Uh, I'm sure there could be something down there. I mean, we we're walking when me Alex and Johnny walked in today. They were showing all the, the famous pirate logos from over the years, and that one's like from my childhood. So maybe I'll get you the Jolly I Roger.
1: Want something either a hat or a shirt. With the pirate logo on
2: it, uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. I maybe I
1: am a, a big, I'm a big fan of the movie series and the ride, Pirates of the Caribbean.
2: Well, what if I just get you the Jolly Roger? How would that work? The flag the ship? No, the, the flag that they raise after they win the game. That's the, that's the thing. Raise the Jolly. Our good friend Greg Brown will be all this tomorrow. He can tell what the whole story. What
1: am I going to do with a flag?
2: I don't know. Wave it every time they win.
1: I know. I want something I can wear.
2: All right, I'll find. It. I'll look for something. I got two days I'll to find, find
1: something it. Something with the pirate
2: on it. All right, so not a Perman not a Perman-y brothers uh, T-shirt then.
1: I'd take one of those too.
2: Okay, I'll see what I can find.
1: Yeah, I want. I'm a large. Remember, I'm a large. Don't okay. I'll go XL. I'm a large. do <laughs> okay. I don't know why people like you your XL. I've have never been able to fit in an XL. Yeah. You know what? Everybody thinks I'm bigger than I am. Have you ever noticed that? Uh,
2: well, I think people don't. They, I think people assume because. That he knew you before, or you know, you lost all the weight.
1: Well, no, no, no. They all think I'm taller.
2: Oh, uh, Well, that, that, I guess that could that could be a factor too.
1: Now I'm a large. I've never been an extra extra large. I'm a large. So remember, I, we got to get out of here.
2: Yeah, you got pregame to do. Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. There you go. See, you do it to me, so I want to get you back.
1: I just, I just wanna, I just wanna sit here and look at that backdrop. It's just amazing. The reason why. I'm looking to my right and not at the cameras that you have the other iPad, so I can't see.
2: Oh, did you not put the other iPad on? On the stand? Oh, I got to use
1: that for me to research. Oh, oh true. Get yeah, ready that's for true. The game. Yeah. All right. uh, that 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 view is just incredible. It's, it's incredible.
2: It is. And it sucks you can't see the the, the fans walking across the Clemente Bridge to, to come into the ballpark. But, um, you know, they're using the Warhol Bridge, the next one down. So. Will be a good time. We'll be back here tomorrow with better. We have we have crisp internet. We're good to go for tomorrow. We're gonna have. Uh, I mean, the,
1: the only. What's the only drawback of that ballpark?
2: I, I don't. Well, I'm a, I'm a biased fan, so I don't think I I can say anything.
1: What is the only drawback of that ballpark? You're
2: gonna say it's because it's in Pittsburgh.
1: It's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no offense. You know, my grandfather originally was a Pittsburgh Pirate. Yes. Was an all-star as a Pittsburgh Pirate.
2: I don't think his numbers out there by the river retired, but he
1: was a a player here. Uh, He was a good Pirate. He uh, got traded to the uh, Boston Braves. Let's let's just go over my grandfather and go look for my grandfather's history there in old uh, Pittsburgh. Baseball reference. Yes, the 1947 MVP. Let's see, my grandfather's first year in Pittsburgh was 1939 at 22 years old. Yeah, hey, remember all these guys come up early, as for some reason we want to act like guys are young. Let's see, 1942 at the age of 25, my grandfather drove in 89 runs with the Pirates. Then in 1943 at the age of 26, my grandfather drove in 101 then at the age of 27, drove in 108. Then at the age of 28, drove in 108. How many Pirates in the history of that franchise have driven in 100 runs three straight years?
2: Not many. I mean, I can I mean. I
1: give no respect to my grandfather.
2: Well, no, I, I, I'm i not disagreeing with you, but, but we got to go. You got to get ready for ace total access. Uh, we're going to have Doug Linville tomorrow and Greg Brown as of right now.
1: By the way, my grandfather was an all-star four times in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, we, well, usually the, the All-Stars I grew up with were guys you never heard of because they had to have an All-Star.
1: Do some research. Do some research about my grandfather, Bob Elliott, and his time in Pittsburgh. Four-time All-Star there. Please, Cody, while you're there. Okay. Coming up next, we're getting you ready for A's baseball. A's and the Pirates, the start of a three-game set right here on A's Cast. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a
3: presentation of the Oakland Athletics.